In the beginning of the Hayyayim Yayim, you have a brief biography of every Rebbe. It's called Kevit Shalshelas Hayyachas. The Rebbe, our Rebbe, who prepared the Hayyayim Yayim, one of the things that he included was a brief biography of all the Rabbeim, beginning with the Alter Rebbe. So Yudshvat, we did the Friyidik Rebbe, it went nice. So I figured, that's what we'll do. We'll go through all the Rabbeim, Mitzvah Shambhali Neder, of course. Whenever we have a Yodzite or a Yayim who led us, we'll... We'll learn about that Rebbe in the Hagdoma of the Shal in the Hayyim Yed. So we're going to do today the Rebbe Marash. Okay, so you see where I'm starting by the Dalit. Hayd Chagedushes Admor. Hayd means the light, the shine of the Holy Rebbe. Marono Verabono Shmuel, our master, our teacher Shmuel. Neilad Belobavich was born in Lubavitch. Beizir Tovkov Tzaladalit. The second day of year in the year Tovkov Tzaladal. That would be 1834. In the Hayyim Yayim proper, if you look inside the Hayyim Yayim itself, it says Be'ezir Tovkov Tzadigimel, which is 1733. And like I said to you before, the Rebbe has a footnote where he writes, Ula Yaakavon al That's a reference to the pregnancy. I want to tell you this word before I continue. The Rebbe Tzachayamushka used to say to the, the Marash, Dear of Gahat of a zip bed. That's the lotion. <laughs> the Rebbe Zechayamushka used to say to her son, the Rebbe Marash, Dear of Gahat of a zip bed. I delivered you on a zip bed. Zip bed means a bed that was a sieve, a filter, a sifter. What was the story? The story was that as was part of life, there were fires in Lubavitch. The Tzemach Tzedek had his house rebuilt, remodeled. If I recall correctly, that it was not a fire, Yemel Fakert. He just expanded the, what they call the Chotzer to accommodate the Morchsidim, the greater family face. So they had an old house and they had a new house. All in the same courtyard, in the same square block. Another corner, another corner. And the new home was not ready for living yet. They couldn't move in. And the Pesach Kalim were kept there. In other words, the family was living in the old house. Most of Tzemach Tzedek's children, by the time that Rebbe Marash was born, were already married men. But they were living in the old house, and they were still in the process of building the new Dirah. And the Pesach Kalim were in the new Dirah. The Rebbe Tzachayim Mushka insisted that she's going to have her baby in the new house. This is what she insisted. She went into labor. So she ran to the new house. There wasn't a bed to lay on, but the Pesach Kalim were there. Amongst the Pesach Kalim was a zip bed. I've never seen a zip bed, but it's essentially four legs and steingen, two boards, and a huge, huge cloth that sifts, and the whole bed is a sifter. And that's what the Ramadan was born. So she used to say, Did of a zip bed. Why am I telling this to you now? Because I would forget to tell it to you later. It's just one of those little details. It's brought in the Sikhs. I didn't make up the story, so I must have a toich. The Friedrich Rebbe tells the story. From, that's not from Chsidim. The Friedrich Rebbe himself, the tell the Maise, at the Rebbe Zechayamushki, used to tell her son, the Rebbe Marash, Did of a zip bed. That's the story. Now, in, in, in the Sefer, Migalais. Shia Munchen collected all kinds of Rishimis. He brings over there in the name of one of the Chsidim 
that the Rebbe Marash was born Shalei Apitava. The Rebbe Tzim was way past 40. And in those years, way past 40, it's not like today, way past 40. Forget in our society today, people are first having their first child. Way past 40. Like Sarah and Yitzchak. She was no longer ovulating. Ramarash was born Shalei Apitava. And uh, when Mother, he's the only Rebbe who was born from a Rebbe once the Rebbe was already Rebbe. You understand? The Rebbe Rash was not only a Rebbe, Ben Rebbe, he wasn't only the Rebbe, the son of a Rebbe, but he was conceived and born once his father was already a Rebbe. The Rebbe Rashab was born before the Rebbe Rashab, before the Rebbe Marash was a Rebbe. The Friedrich Rebbe was born before the Rebbe Rashab was a Rebbe. But the Rebbe Marash was conceived and born by an already presiding Rebbe. The only Chabad Nasi that has that distinction is the Rebbe Marash. He was born when his father was already a Rebbe. So obviously, Lubavitch became a, a party, a carnival. Thousands of Chassidim came in the Rebbe Sabris. Not a Einikol. The Rebbe had a child. Right? Anyway, he was born Bezir. As we know, he was born Tiferes, Shepard Tiferes. Right after Pesach. And Chassidim came. And of course, they prepared the huge bliss. Had to feed everybody. And we have to remember also, it's a hackle six years since the middle of Rebbe passed away. You've gone through that crowd and asked people to lay bets what is going to be the name of this child who you would have heard one single choice? Of course, Dave Bed. This is the Mamali Mokim for the Middle Rebbe. This is his first son born since the Stalks of the Middle Rebbe. It was only six years since the Middle Rebbe passed away. No one would have dreamed that this child would not be named Dave Bed. And the whole day started off funny. They davened. And after davening, he came to the Bris. The Tzemach Tzedek also davened. And after davening, he announces Heinz Vatayin the Bris and he goes into his room. Today is going to be the Bris and he goes to his room. That's a funny announcement to make before an obvious, you know. Today we're going to eat breakfast. Heinz Vatayin the Bris. He's not coming. Anyway, the Hasidim sat and sat and sat and sat. They're not eating. So they fabrenged. And there were a lot of, the Tzemach children were all there. The Tzemach Tzedek's Feter, Abchaim Avron, the Mahatma Rebbe Zun, was there as well and they were sitting and fabringing and schmoozing back and forth back and forth after a few hours Samach Tzedek opens up his door and says today is going to be the bris and he goes back to his room anyway at a certain point they realized something is happening they actually got heter or shus they washed and they ate we sit all day and fast the bris was at 4 o'clock in the afternoon a few minutes to 4 Samach Tzedek came out of room and says Magid Shoyin Mach and the bris and he went to the Rebetzin to discuss the name. He went to speak to his Rebetzin about the name. They did the bris, and the Tzemach Tzedek gave him a name, Shmuel. And the room gasped. Shmuel? Where does Shmuel land on the Shmuel? And the Rechagav, the Tzemach Tzedek had a seder. That he would give each one of his children and grandchildren a name, and immediately give them an abbreviation. So I'm imagining he called him Shmuel, and then he said Marash. Chassidim were not allowed to call the children from the Beis Sarab by their names, even the infants. They had to call them by the Kinu. 
When they were the Rebbe Rash was a little boy, they called him Marash. If you called him Shmuel, the, the, the Rebbe Marash once opened up his window when he heard that Adats calling the Rebbe Nishma said, Shalom Ber, he said, Zen you were not allowed to say the names of the Rabbeim's children and grandchildren even when they were babies. You had to say the nickname, the kinur that Tzemach Tzadik gave them. Now in Yudel Chitrik Sefer, he had something which doesn't say in the Rishimis. That he gave him a name, Shmuel, and then you heard the Rebbe Marash muttering under his breath. He mutters to himself the undertakers of Polotsk are like a holy society, but they're lazy. Anyway, so of course the Tzemach Tzadik said Chesidis, so the Maharil, who was the Tzemach Tzadik's son, says to his father, where does this name come from? Maybe your name is a Shmuel Novi. The Tzemach Tzadik's name. Nochavaset Reged in Polotsk. I named him after a water carrier in Polotsk who was a Boki Bishaz Bavli and Yerushalmi. He was a Tzadik Nister, he knew Kola Teda Kula, and he passed away that day. And the Tzemach Tzedek was waiting for Stima Sagelo. You can't give a name until that person is buried. And in Polis, there were two Levites that day, and the other Levi was a rich man, which was attended by everybody. Who knew who this water carrier was? So the Levi didn't finish till four in the afternoon. Tzemach Tzedek was pushed waiting for, he was waiting for an email, waiting for a text, he was waiting for a fax. But the Mshem Bagrabim, can't forget my name. We had the Tzemach Tzedek knew, yeah. But it is true, nevertheless, that when the Rebbe was a boy, six or seven years old, Rosh Hashanah, and he was reading talking the story of Shmuel and Chana, and you have over there where Chana tells Eliakayin, I swear, El Hanar that I daven for this child. So the Tzemach Tzedek said the pasuk, and as he said the words El Hanar the people who were close were Mason Lev that he pointed at the Rebbe Marash, whose name was also Shmuel, Al-Anad The Marash was born. He was Ben Skunim for sure. He grew up with his nephews, who were all older than him. And uh, he was such a lovable child. And people used to come to Lubavitch. One of the most favorite parts of any visit, Lubavitch was to Tzatkenzach to play around with Nedebim's Ben Skunim. He was very social, very comfortable with himself, very precocious, very outgoing, and he fabrained, and he was a kind. And there, there, he was a wounded child. There's some wonderful stories tell about his childhood, all kinds of different things they tell us about his childhood. In the Rebbe's Hashimis, there's such a Zacharfe Zachn, where he, he was sitting in Cheder with his nephews. His nephews, who with all due respect, were going to go on to become Rebbe's. And he used to complain that he's sitting in a class full of dumbbells, you understand? The Malamad once asked a question, and the Rebbe Marash said, I, I know the answer, and I'm not going to say. And he's sitting there all the while, taking apart a pocket watch and putting it back together. He was always busy with gadgets. He was, uh, he was always playing with things. So as the Malamad, he's playing with his pocket. He doesn't even look up. I know the answer, I'm not going to say. And he used to make fun of his, ne- his nephews. They were four years older than him, three years older than him. So Aminut, one time, so the Maril came to the Chayde. His older brother came to the Chayde to protest to the Malamid. And this little boy making trouble. So he comes into the Chayde. And he, um, he uh, complains in front of the Rebbe Marash to the Malamid about how the Rebbe Marash is not being sensitive to his boys. And he's uh, embarrassing them. 
So the Rebbe Marash gave him a delectable insult. He told him something such classical. <laughs> and the Marev, ooh, God, an asponim. A chutzpanyak, he talks this way to his big brother. And that's Malter Brunner. So without hesitating, the Rebbe and all the while he's playing with his pocket watch, he's taking it apart and putting it back together. The S from Kabbad Esavicha Vesimecha Gedenkta, Abba the Kabbad, the S, Havaya the Kachatira Tefagesim. Kabbad Esavicha Vesimecha, so whatever, there's a long complication, but S means you have to respect your older brother. Yeah. But S Hashem al Kachatira means Larabes Tamidechachamim. He says he remembers the Kabbad S, the kid was seven, he's telling his married brother, Havdarachet Shmich Matam Tchachim, you understand? This is what Remara, as a sharper kid. He tells him, you're worried about the fact that I'm not honoring you because you're my big brother, but you have to honor me because I'm a bigger Tam Chacham than you. He was seven years old. And like I said, there's many stories about his childhood. I don't know when, but as a young person, he got sick. And apparently he hid his illnesses from his father, from the Tzemach by the time Itzamach Tzedek became aware of his illnesses, Itzamach Tzedek was not able to help him. Itzamach Tzedek says he wished he had known. Had he known, he would have given him Arichas Yamam at least as long as Shmuel Anavi, which is 52 years. Lepeli lived only 47 years, something like that. He didn't have Arichas Yamam. He was very, very sick. As a young person, he was ill and he hid it from his own father. One of the amazing stories of the Rebbe Marash, which is in the Rebbe's diary, is that Itzamach Tzedek called in his son, the Rebbe Marash, and says to him, that was hard of us finished in Lemnin. Why don't you work hard on Limud HaTeda? The Marash had an incredible mind. Unbelievable mind. It was very fast and very deep. And everything was easy. And the Tzermach Tzedek said to his son, So the Marash took it as a hero. And he started the Horovin Teda. It took three days. And he developed blood clots on his forehead. From concentration. Wrinkles, lines of blood on his forehead from concentration. Tzemach Tzedek does this end that Tzemach Tzedek saw this Tzemach Tzedek called him again and he changed his mind and he gave him a different derech and teda he saw what happened three days he developed blood clots on his forehead this is Rebbe Marash now let's read Vaitir Noso Bezivegrishn Espas Ochiv in his first marriage he married his niece his brother's daughter his brother's name was Admor Shneir He was exactly 20 years older than him. Chaim Shezamim was named after Alter Rebbe, which was born in Ayin in 1804. And the Rebbe Barash was born in 18... I'm sorry, 1814. The Rebbe Barash was born in 1834. There was 20 years difference. But the Chaim Shezamim was already married with children. And the Chaim Shezamim's daughter was the same age, was Baskil of the Rebbe Barash. And they got married. And there's a kuntus called Harabonus Rifke, which Afidi Kebbe wrote, which is mashma that there were two brothers who both had daughters. They both wanted the Reb Marash al-Tzeidim, and the Reb Marash took the Chaim Shezam. The other one was the Ravash, our Reb is Elter Zeidim. Elter, Elter Zeidim. What happened was, right after Sheva Brachos, she got sick. And she passed away three months later. She's buried in the oil of the Noshim in Lubavitch. In Lubavitch is a section where all the Rebetzins are. They made now a gate, you could see, it's a row. All the Rebetzins. Um, you can't even identify who they are. You just see old tombstones. You can't really read words. But they know where the spot is based on the map. You understand? They had the map. And they're reconstructing the cemetery. 
without the tombstones. The tombstones were all vandalized, but they're reconstructing the cemetery based on the map, you understand? So there's four spots. I, they don't even know who are in those four spots, but Pasha's the middle of Rebbe's Rebbe is there. Tzemach Tzedek's Rebbe would be buried there later on, the Rebbe Chayamushka. And the Rebbe Marash's first zivik is buried there as well. We don't even know her name. We don't even know her name. They lived a very short time together. The Seder was that the Tzemach Tzedek used to build for each one of his children a home. When they got married, he built them a home. Because he wanted very much they should live in Lubavitch. And all of his sons did, really. Till he passed away, all of his sons did, except for two. He had a son named Abiyankiv. We know very little about him. He was the closest in years to the Rebbe Marash. He became a Rav, Bechaya from the Tzemach Tzedek. And he passed away, Bechaya. He passed away before the Tzemach Tzedek. His name was Abiyankiv. We know very little about him. He lived in another city. And there was also a brother named Rabbi Yisaf Yitzchok, who moved away from Lubavitch. He lived in Avruch. But aside from those two, all the children lived in Lubavitch as long as the Rebbe Tzemach Tzedek was alive. He built them a house. And in addition to the house, he built them right next door to that house, a shul, Beth Medrash. And when the Chassidim used to come to the Tzemach Tzedek, to Lubavitch, in addition to going to the Rebbe, they would go to the Rebbe's children. Chassidim had favorites, you understand? Different Chassidim. This Chassidim went to the Maril, this Chassidim went to the Marshad, this Chassidim went to the Marin, this Chassidim went to the Ravash, this Chassidim went to the Ramarash. Each Chassid had his followers. Each child had his followers. So Lubavitch was very dynamic. Everybody came to the Rebbe, and he had a Yechid, this Bam Rebbe, and But in addition to being by the Rebbe, you would go to the Rebbe Sazun, one of the Rebbe's children, and they all had their own program. They had a house on one of the many streets in Lubavitch, I mean, the many streets. There were not 500 streets in Lubavitch, but there were different Gesalach. And each one had his own street, with his own house, and his own Bismedish. When the Rebbe Marash got married, the first time, the Tzemach Tzedek also built him a home in a shul. And that's where the Rebbe Marash lived. When he lost his wife, Mamish, three months after the wedding, he was shattered. Subrochen. And he was so broken that his father was not able to console him. His father tried to take him out of his depression. He couldn't. He was subrochen. So the Tzermach Tzedek did for the Rebbe Marash what he hadn't done for any one of his children. He built an extension to his own house in the Chatzah and he invited the Rebbe Marash to live with him. So the Rebbe Marash moved, in fact, moved back into his own parents' home. Over then he had a door and there was two apartments, one side by side. This was the Tzermach Tzedek's house. This is the Rebbe Marash's dira. When the Rebbe Marash married the second time, he didn't go back to the house and the shul that was built for him in the Zivigrish and he continued living adjacent to his father. A year later, he married the second time, and this time he married a first cousin, Rebetzin Rivke. She was a daughter of the Mittal Rebbe's daughter, as the Rebbe Marash was the son of the Mittal Rebbe's daughter. Tzemach Tzedek married his niece, his cousin. Tzemach Tzedek, right? The Rebbe Tzedek Mushke was the Mittal Rebbe's daughter. So the two first cousins. Rebetzin Rivke was a Yesema. She was a, an orphan. She had a sister, an older sister named Gittel. They lost both of their parents as children. And when their parents passed away, after a short time, their grandmother, their maternal grandmother, the middle of Rebbe's Rebetzin, who was very much still alive, the Rebetzin Shena, invited them to live with her in Lubavitch. She raised them. When the Marash lost his first wife, she came to her son-in-law and said, Hezekhine, I didn't mix in before, but it's a Zivik Sheni, to second marriage, you got to take one of my granddaughters. For the Rebbe Marash. So the Tzemach Tzedek said to her, 
has a chayin. I was offered 28,000 ruble a madden from such and such a city for him for a zivik sheni. Yeah, can you match it? 28,000 rubles. It's an ashiris. So she says no, but she lived with the middle Rebbe for really she lived with him for 40 years but she said 30 years I can give him 30 years I have the power a wife of a Rebbe is a Rebbe a Rebbe is a Rebbe I lived 30 years with the middle Rebbe I can give him that chus that I have and the Tzemach Tzedek agreed that was a deal and they brought in both girls and he chose the younger one he promised the older one he'll make her a fine shidduch he kept his word and they got married. The day of the wedding, Tzemach Tzedek calls Reb Marash and says, Go into your grandmother right now. She should give you a bracha. So it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon or 11 o'clock in the morning. Reb Marash goes into the Baba, to the kitchen. They had a big kitchen. They had to cook for hundreds and hundreds of people. And she was the senior matriarch. She was the Baba. She was the mother of the Reb Chaimushka. She was the Tzemach Tzedek Shviget. She was Tzemach Tzedek Rebbe's mother. So she's running the whole kitchen. She's wearing an apron. Her hands are dirty. And there's the chosen, all of 15 years old, in the kitchen asking from her grandmother for bracha. He says, now? Before the chuppah, I'll get dressed. I'll wash myself, I'll give you a bracha. So he goes back to the Tzemach Tzedek and says, the Baba says, I'll give a bracha for the chuppah. Tzemach Tzedek says, no, no, now. I don't know why, but he wanted mamish right then, the mitten tog. So he goes back to the kitchen, he tells his grandmother, now. And she laughs and she says, no, before the chuppah. So he stood there in the middle of the kitchen on the day of his wedding he just stood and stood and stood anyway she was a shnerson but so was he and uh, when he, she saw that he wasn't going away she went and she washed her hands she took out a siddur I'm sure she said some kind of a nusach then she took a heilige hand in the middle of the rabbis, the rabbis and she put them on the rabbi Marash's head and she gave him a bracha and she said 30 years, the wife of a rabbi, the rabbi I'm giving you. And when he went out of the kitchen, the Tzemach Tzedek summoned him and said, so what did she say? And he said what she said, and the Tzemach Tzedek was very happy. This is what happened. They got married. They should know the relationship that the rabbi Marash had with the rabbi Nifka was very, very, very unusual. She was a, yum, a Yusema. She, she didn't grow up in a normal home. She was an orphan from childhood. So she told her grandson, the rabbi, the Fidiki rabbi says, my husband, was not only my husband, but he was my teacher. He was involved in every aspect of the domestic life of their home with her, Shava B'Shava. They would talk over the chinuch of the children, they would talk over the finances. She would sit with him to keep pushing the books of the Yitzhan He was involved in every aspect of the respect that there was between the Rebbe Marash and the Rebbe Tzindifke. And the Rebbe Zinifka, the Rebbe Marash is mamish unbelievable. There's so many stories, but there's no time. Tafresh Tezvav, his chil b'vayisakal. Tafresh Tezvav, the Rebbe Marash was 18. He started doing public service. He was a younger man. Now you must remember, it was such a hard time in then in Russia. It was during time of Nikolai Yemachshmei. Yeah, the Gazette of the Cantonists was in full force. The, the decree of the Cantonists started at the beginning of the Tzemach Tzadik and it ended after he passed away. And the Cantonists was a mamish, a makalik silva It was a disease that in the Teichacha you don't have. They would take away children for 25 years of service. And they would come back grown men, soldiers. You know what I mean, a soldier? I'm sorry for saying it, behemoths. 
they were very good butchers, you understand? They were massive physical specimens. They spent their whole life in the army. And they knew how to kill. That's what they knew how to do. And how to march. That's all they knew. In other words, even God, they knew nothing. They didn't learn They were Pasha trained to be soldiers. They were prostayidin. And the Cantonists could live any place they wanted in Russia. There was no Xeda for them. There was no Trum. There was no pale of settlement. So the Cantonists built communities wherever they wanted. And they used to schlep other Yidin to help them claim it. They helped a lot of Yidin relocate because of the pale of settlements. It was a tzara, a market. You say about the Cantonists that they all die by the that they all die by the Many of them died in the It's a terrible time. Then you had the Pale of Settlements. The Pale of Settlements basically meant the Jews not allowed to live in certain places if they were near borders or if they were near big cities because they were not trusted. And then Jews were hated for not being productive. You didn't let them anywhere near a business. You didn't let them near a road. You didn't let them anywhere near a railroad. And then you're complaining, how come they're primitive? And to top it all off, God forbid, Jews showed success, they would change the settlements. They'd move the borders. So Jews finally established, was built. This happened again and again and again. It was a time of phenomenal service. And uh, in the earlier years, Samach Tzedek Pashat was involved himself. In Tafresh Gimel, he went himself to Petabur. He had Chassidim who worked with him. There's a famous Chassid who worked at Tzemach Tzedek with the Kantanistan. And he actually went to jail. There was a Chassid who sat in jail for eight years because they kidnapped, kidnapped children. And he wouldn't say for Shtetzach that he was doing it on behalf of the Rebbe. He had this Chassid sit in jail instead of the Rebbe. It was a, such a difficult time. As soon as the Rebbe became of age, his father put him in charge of Daskonis. Just like the Fiyadike Rebbe. Fiyadike Rebbe became an Askin Tziburi at 15. The Rebbe Manash became Askin Tziburi at 20. He had six older brothers. He was the youngest of seven men. Seven boys. And there were two son-in-laws also. The Rebbe Manash Tzemachetik chose him. Why? Because the, upon him, apparently not all brothers are created equal. The Rebbe Manash spoke many, many languages. And he gave the impression of being a seichid, a merchant, a businessman. And of course, we all know that Rebbe Marash made a lot of money in government lotteries. Tzemach Tzedek used to buy lottery tickets. And Rebbe Marash used to buy lottery tickets. And they found a pidgin where the Tzemach Tzedek is writing to the Ebishter that the, my son should win and not I. Rebbe Marash won a number of government lotteries. He had a lot of money. He used to invest it and he lived very, very rich. There was by Rebbe Marash, the only one of the Chavad Rabbeim. We had Anhog of Ashirs by Rebbe Marash. So it was all a front. He traveled officially on business, but the bottom line of all of his travels was Raskonis Tzibudis. We once walked into his father and his father was crying. And his instinctive question was, He walks into his father and his father is crying, says him, what's the latest decree? 20, he became involved in his father's public service and he traveled. Tzibudis trusted him. And there were a lot of things that Mahtarek needed done that probably in an earlier time he had to do himself. Now he was able to send the Rebbe Marash. And of course, Tafrei Shedzayin, they said, Lepetabak Vinani Aklau. Tafrei Shedzayin is 1857. He traveled to Germany, also because of the anti Semitism in Russia. Tafrei Shedzayin, they say, Kiev, 
ומצל מייס משפוך איזה אינדים להסגרש מהכפורם בבולן. They were pushed, throwing Jews out of their lands. You know why? Because the Jews had built it up and made it successful. And it was the easiest thing to do. The Jews are not allowed to live here because they're not trustworthy. Let them start over. And the, the, the Rabbeim has suffered with these Yidin Nochanan all the time. Tafresh Chavhei, right? The same thing. They say, Le Peterburg. They wanted to put right there. It was, this was a constant. The anti-Semitism was so not veiled. It wasn't even pretended to be justified. It was Pashat anti-Semitism. Fight God even. And they just never stopped. Always a gzeda. Naya gzeda. Naya gzeda. And at the end of the Masadik's life, the Rebbe Manash was doing a lot of traveling for him. And of course, we all know the Bavusta Maise, which I want to share with you. And that's the Maise with the Belzerov, the Pshalom Belzer. That during the course of his travels, he was in Galicia. And he stopped off in Belz, went to Belzerov, Bismedish. The Belzerebbe was blind. Pshalom, that's the first Belzerebbe. Anyway, he walked into the shul being led by his Shamish. And as soon as he comes into the Besamedish, he starts walking towards the Rebbe Marash. So the Marash starts walking away, so he chases him. This is a blind man, you understand, until he finally catches him. And he grabs him, he says, Where is this? Who is this? And the Hasidim tells him, The Belzerebbe, He's a modern Jew, he doesn't look like a Hasidish, he looks like a businessman. So he says, Yo, yo, he tells him. But this is not in Chabad, this is the Belzer tell this story. He's a Seicher, but what's his Seicher? What's he selling? He's selling Teira. Teicher Seicher, the best Seicher is Teira. Anyway, he took the Rebbe Marash with him and he sat on the next to him. And he told the Rebbe Marash he should give Shiraim to the Bells of Sidim. So he found out that this is the Tamathalik Sakin. So he asked him to give Shiraim. So the Rebbe Marash said, Shiraim? You want to talk stocks and bonds? He can talk to me, Shiraim. So the Bells of Rebbe leaned over and in a few seconds he taught him Sayyidah Shiraim. He, had, he spoke very fast. He taught him Sayyidah. And the Rebbe Marash gave Shiraim to the Bells of Sidim. When he came back to Lubavitch, he was very, very impressed. And he told the Tzemach Tzedek what happened. And Tzemach Tzedek's response to him was, Vos, You thought you can hide from someone who has such open eyes, such Ruch HaKedish. Now, the Rebbe Tzachai Mushka passed away in Tafish Chafalov in 1860, 61. Tzemach Tzedek got sick almost immediately. For five years, the Rebbe Marash and his Rebetzin and the children took care of the Rebbe Marash. It says that the children, all the sons, took turns being Mishamish, their father. Bottom line is they lived in the same house. And there's a number of stories that happened before the Tzemach Tzedek passed away. One of them is that the Tzemach Tzedek told the Rebbe Marash to start saying my modem from the beginning of the year. Tzemach Tzedek passed away before Pesach. Yedimon Nisim. He told the Rebbe Marash to start saying Chesidus that Tishrei. And we actually have printed, not a lot, but some Maimorim from the Rebbe Marash, which he started to write and to say before his father passed away. Tzemach Tzedek insisted that he should start saying Chesidus B'chayov. The Rebbe Marash was not comfortable with it, but he did it. And B'chlal, the Maimorim from the Rebbe Marash, he, the Rebbe Marash used to write his father's Maimorim. He used to write Hanoch as his father's Maimorim. And then my modem, it's not been printed. One of the largest bodies of Hasidus today, which remains not printed, is the Tzemach Tzedek's Hanochas. My modem of Tzemach Tzedek's times. The Tzemach Tzedek used to not write, not write my modem 
He used to write only the Shemis. He used to write only notes. The long hand of the Maimodim was written by the Rebbe Marash and by the Rebbe Al-Kalski and the people of Parachim. They have yet to be printed, but the Rebbe Marash used to write his father's Maimodim. And a lot of Maimodim we have from the Rebbe Marash are his father's Maimodim. His father's, as he writes them out in longhand, he develops his father's Maimodim. He was told by his father to start saying Maimodim during that winter. Number two, there's a printed Tzavor. It's in one version of it is Taked Yem Yem. And there's also in the Tzavah Tos, the Rebbe Marash, a number of drafts. The Tzavah, it's four lines. Lebni Harav Shmuel Sheyichir. To my son Harav Shmuel Sheyichir. Reisi es adach shalach v'hut avene meyed. I saw your chasidus. And it made me very happy. V'hinini kefer l'cha b'ksav mashamakti l'cha b'alpeh. And I'm repeating to you in writing what I heard, what I told you about Peh. Psach picha v'yirud v'recha. Open your mouth and let your words shine. And then he says, "Akvisha shamati mizikni azmur." He says, "I heard from my Alter Rebbe." It's a cryptic tavah, but it's short four lines. And the kuda is he wants that Rebbe Manasha say chesidus. And there's apparently three or four different versions of this tavah. I've seen a number of versions, but this is the version that we all know. And finally, I'll tell you this story. That it's a marash that got gelt. He had money. So people came to him for loans. He had either a sister-in-law or a niece who used to borrow money from him from time to time. One day she comes into the house and she asks the Rebbe, she called him by his first name. She asks the Rebbe, where he is? So she says, he's by the, her father-in-law that says by the Tzemach Tzedek, his father. The two houses were adjacent, they were mamish attached, and she was mishpacha, so she walked from the Reb Marash's dire into the Tzemach Tzedek's dire. She comes to the Tzemach Tzedek's dire, Tzemach Tzedek's is open, and you can hear a conversation. And the Tzemach Tzedek is telling the Reb Marash, sit down on my chair. And the Reb Marash says, I can't. And the Tzemach Tzedek says, I command you, sit down on my seat. And the Rebbe Marash says, I can't. It happened a few times. He says, I'm commanding you, you should sit down on my seat. So the Rebbe Marash says, I can't. So finally he says, If you refuse to sit on my seat, you'll have Tzadus later. That's the way it ended. And then the Rebbe Marash walks out, and there she is. She stood in the hallway and heard the whole exchange. She understood exactly what she's listening to. And the Rebbe Tzemach Tzedek Poshet was memane him out his mamal amokum. And he sees her and he says to her, Duvas mir mamshech zayin rufu Shmuel. My name is going to continue to be Shmuel and no one is going to know what you just heard behind the door. She kept her word until the Tzemach Tzedek was nostalgic. After Tzemach Tzedek passed away, she was mafarsim. The bottom line is, he took a hatzaris because four of the brothers became his competition. Let's read inside. Tafresh Chavav Mekabal Anasiyas. Tafresh Chavav is Mekabal upon himself the Anasiyas. And like I said to you before, his father passed away out of Pesach. He started saying Chasidus the winter earlier, based on Eidah from his father. But the Anasiyas is Mekabal when his father passed away. There's a very powerful story in the Nishimis where Ramelach had a Maimir. And the next day the Maril said the same Maimir with a beer. Maril was the second of the Tzemachtarek's children. And he was the most famous Rebbe. He left Lubavitch that summer. He lived six months past his father. When he walked out of Lubavitch, the Rebbe Marash stood in the window and he watched them leaving 
his older brother, his brother was 30 years older than him, and he cried and he said, They're leading my brother on a very short trip. He passed away six months after the Tzemach Tzedek. And there's a Nechama Veilum letter, so bitter from the Rebbe Marash, to his son, how could be consulted? They just lost the Tzemach Tzedek. And now his son, the Maril. So the Maril said a Maimir based on Tzemach Tzedek's Maimir with a Taisus beer. So that night, the Rebbe Marash said again a Maimir with an additional beer on his brother's beer. The next day, the Maril said a Maimir on the Maimir on the Maimir on the Maimir. This went back and forth. After a number of times, the Rebbe Marash said the Maimir and the Maril did not follow. So they came to the Maril. Maril had a very large team. He had the biggest support. No, it's not good for the business. How come you're not responding? He says, this time the father, the Tzemach Tzedek spoke. I'm not standing up against. The, the Tzemach Tzedek used to give every one of his children a, a nickname. One he called my London. One he called my Avid. One he called my Balambos. One he called my Maskell. Each one had a name and the name meant something. So once a group of Hasidim was sitting with the same Maril, and they're talking about his brothers. And this one is a Gon and Nicholas, a Gon and Nister. And somebody sort of said, but the youngest one is Epesnish. The youngest one is the businessman, the man. He says, the youngest one? Kulu Isnube. He has every mile. Our mileage. After the Tzemachari passed away, there was a very, very big dentado over the Ksavim. There was a huge dentado over what to do with the Ksavim. Tzemachari's children, you understand? The three Rabbonim who sat on that dentado were Ge'ina Ye'elam, Reperetz Chein, the base of Tamarkin and the Peshem Zalman Fratkin Tenz Chesed. They were the, the, the Dayonim. During the Dintayda, the Reb Marash revealed Go'oynus Atzum and Nigle, Poshat, in Halochas of Yerushal. The Marshaz, who was his first father-in-law, who was 20 years older than him, says to the Reb Marash, you're 32 years old, how do you know so much Tayda? <laughs> he was in his 50s already. He's a younger man. It's like the Rebbe Marash, This is the famous quote. You're older than me because you were born before. But I'm older than you because I was born when our father was older. Anyway, the Rebbe Marash stayed in Lubavitch and everybody else left. One by one they left. The Marin made a comment. One of the brothers said, the Tata said I should stay in Lubavitch even if I get no COVID. But he didn't say I should stay in Lubavitch even if I suffer bushes. The Chesidim took sides. And it wasn't enough that you held with one over the other. You had to go and fight with the other. Within two or three years, they all left. The Maril moved to Kapus. Chavshidam moved to Liadi. Chavshidam moved to Nezhim. And the Ramarash stayed in Lubavitch. And the Ksavim stayed in Lubavitch. It was Mason Nefesh to keep the Ksavim. The only brother who stayed in Lubavitch was the oldest. Rabbanach Sholem, who was our Rebbe's Zaydez. Zayde, he stayed in Lubavitch. He didn't become a Rebbe. And if you do a Levart, he became Pishnaim. Rebbe Marash became a Rebbe. Rebbe Marash had a tiny Eilam. They had no Chesidim. They say the first Rosh Hashanah had a problem with a Minyan. Rosh Hashanah. Rebbe Marash had a Eilam from his father to say Chesidus. So he had a collection of hats. He used to put down the hats. And that's a Shmuel Ber. And that's a David Hirsch. And that's a Peretz. And that's a Yosef. And he would say chesidus to the hats. Very, very small crowd. But the kid of Alavolis, 
the love and the affection that there was between the, the Marash and his Chassidim and the Chassidim the Marash was very it was a very strong discussion Tafresh Chofchas 1858 Neisei Al-Tzar traveled to France to meet public servants about the Tzadus in Russia and of course Tafresh Chofchas Misader Vat Tavur Bepetaburg he appoints a permanent commission in Petaburg the Rebbe Marash was a first class Askan Ziburi the Tzamech Tzedek was also a public servant, but he did everything quietly. Tzamech Tzedek used to make believe he's a battlin. Everyone thought he doesn't know what's going on. He did everything quietly. But the Rebbe Marash was a real public... You know who we worked with? With the covenant of... Harav Yitzchak inspector. He was a Litvaka. He was a very, very big public servant. He was the greatest public servant of Jews in Russia in those years. And he worked hand in hand with the Rebbe Marash. And there was a lot of derecheres. There was a lot of mutual respect. And uh, they worked together. The Rebbe Marash was the Rebbe. But the Kovna Rav was very, very involved. Somebody who knows told me that even the Rebbe Marash passed away. The Rebbe Rashab wrote a letter. That as long as the Kovna Rav was alive, I didn't have to be involved. I trusted him. He passed away in the 1890s. And his son no longer had that hush. And that's when the Rebbe Rashab began involved. But the Kovna Rav, he's a inspector, was very involved. And the Rebbe Marash... It was such difficult times, such difficult times, and they were constantly fighting the government. So he set up a permanent representation in Petersburg. Some of them were probably lawyers, which meant they were not even from people, to work on his behalf for, to help Jewish people keep their homes and keep their lives and keep their livelihood and so on. And of course, the famous story was it was about one of these trips there was a fire in Lubavitch, and his own house burned to the ground. And he was having terrible tzadahs because there was a movement of the Pale of Settlement. They took away from 50 communities, 50 communities of Jews, their rights of habitation. They all had to move. And their violent, they had his own house burned to the ground. So they didn't know what to do. So finally, the Ramash wrote a letter. And in the letter, he wrote diagrams how they should rebuild his house and where they should get the wood from and where they should get the money from. So they understood that without being told, he knew already everything that happened with his house. He says, and don't worry about time, I'm not coming home for Tishrei. He spent Tishrei in Kishinev. And during that Tishrei, he insisted that these three communities, Kishinev and Odessa and Adetiri, that they didn't have to bail out 50 communities of Jews. And the Gan Tariq has a seaport, how he, he was made of them to be even serious Nefesh Vitzdaka and so forth. Tafrei Shmem, 1880, he, he invested himself and he affected the quieting of the pogroms. The first wave of American Jew, Jews coming to America was 1880s. And they came from Russia. Because in 1881, 1881-82, Russia was unstable. And whenever Russia was unstable, the Russian government used to organize pogroms from the Tsar himself. And they would kill Jews all over Russia. And it kept the peasants happy. Killing Jews and taking their property was a preoccupation. It was a full-time job. So they stopped hating the government, you understand. You know, there's a famous book, The Elders of Zion. You know who wrote that book? The Russian government then in the 1880s. The Nazis used to quote it. The Arabs, Yemach Shemam quoted It was commissioned by the Tsar. Pushed anti-Semitism. It was institutionalized anti-Semitism. And hundreds of thousands of Jews ran to America. And that's when they had the first immigration, Bilu it was called. Jews left to Israel, what they called Aliyari Shana, they called it, the first Aliyah. And a lot of Frum people went, Yemult, to Israel in the early 1880s to get away from Russia. 
The Rebbe Marash said Yamot that if they would add the two words Be'er Hashem Bilu Beis Yangel Chuvan Elcha, if they would add the two words Be'er Hashem, he would join them. The bottom line is the Rebbe Marash did not run from Russia; he fought against the pogroms. How? It's a famous story. He went to Petersburg, and he had a hard time arranging a meeting. But he met the Minister of Interior, the, the Minister of State, and he said to him, "What's going on with these pogroms?" He says, "I'll see what I can do." He says, "What do you mean you're going to see? They're spilling Jewish blood." He says, "Listen." It's a complicated bureaucratic problem. He instigated the Gansamais. So the Marash got on a train, he traveled to Berlin. And the next day in the big German papers, in the big French papers, there were big articles that Russia's killing Jews. And they're not protecting their Jewish citizens. And there were announcements in these big international papers about boycotts against Russia. For anti-Semitism. He got back on the train and went back to Petersburg. This time they were waiting for him. Talk about Hargenen. He says, you made it by Malchus. You undermine the government. He says, About my own life, I'm not thinking at all. He says, but don't think you're going to spill Jewish blood and I'm going to spy on watch. The pogrom stopped. And the Rebbe Marash lost his life. In the Rebbe's diary, it's written that the Rebbe Marash said he was Mesa Nefesh for the pogroms to stop. And there's, there's, there's so many beautiful stories. There's a story with a lawyer who was an elderly man and he met the Friedrich Rebbe. And the Friedrich Rebbe and the Ramanash looked identically. He says, are you Schneerson? He says, yeah. He says, I want to tell you a story. And he tells him how he worked with the Rebbe Marash some 40 or 50 years earlier. There's a famous, famous story. He called together a meeting of Askani Tzibur and he started to tell him what to do. You do this and you do this. So one of them said to him, Lubavitcher Rebbe, with all due respect, we're not your chassidim. We are professionals. We're successful people. You don't tell us what to do. You consult with us. So the Reb Marash told him, "Hazachai, shaitan nemegila sester." Im hachresh tacharishi beis hazeis. Revach fatzala lama dayhudu mokamacher vaato beis avichtevedu. He says, "He says the Eibush is going to help Yidden. You'll miss the opportunity. Vaato beis avichtevedu. The help will come from someplace else." The Reb Marash left and he made his own commission with his chassidim. And he took young, young lawyers, Freie. And one of these young lawyers worked with the Rebbe Marash that whole summer. He was in Lubavitch. He was so nispal from the Rebbe. It was the Rebbe's vision and his Avas Yisrael and his Breitkeit and his Chochmah. The Rebbe Marash was a mamish amela. And then he read in the paper, he passed away. He was so devastated, he said. He had just worked with him a whole summer. He passed away, mamish. As soon as the story was finished, within weeks he was gone. And 50 years later, he repeated the story to the Friedrich Rebbe, described the... He was a young lawyer, he was a young upstart. The Rebbe had hired him, had taken him on to work with him and how, how beautiful that period had been. And then, boom, he reads in the paper, how the Rebbe did it So here it says, what does it say next? Monday night, passed away at Gimel Tishrei. called in his wife. And the Rebbe said once, he said it in Tavshin and Beis, that the Rebbe had a minig Ed Rosh Hashanah to go in and talk to the Rebbe Tzim, Mitzadim from Malchus. That year he called in the Rebbe Tzim and he said to her, Duvest Hobn Lamed Beis Aliyas Lamato, and Nichvel Hobn Lamed Beis Aliyas Lamailo. You'll have 32 ascents down here, and I'm going to have 32 ascents up there. She understood the immediate implication, and she said, Vos Retztu Hosnach Junge Kinder. What are you saying? You have little children. They had a daughter, Chaya Mushka. She was probably five or six. 
And the Tzemerash, look, the Merash said he gave his life for the pogroms to stop. He passed away at Gimel Tishrei. He gave them each a bracha. He called them each one of his six children. He gave them a bracha. The last one was talking this Chaya Mushka. This Chaya Mushka was the Mokhotenist of the Friedrich Rebbe. She, she was the mother of an Achamendel Akei in Horishtim. She died in Treblinka in 1942. Her name is Chaya Mushka. She was named after the Rebbe Tzemachtelik Tzerebetzin. And he said to his little girl, Daft fit into the chub. In other words, the plans as the Avish that made them, I was supposed to take you to the Chopa, but now the plans have changed. And he gave her a bracha, and then he was Nistalot. This is the Rebbe Marash. This is the story of the Rebbe Marash's life. There's a lot more to tell, but this is what it says here. Now let's just read quickly. Bonov, Harafshneh, Zalman Aaron. Zalman Aaron, just read his Tamas, Tafre, Jutas, Yeralf, Machas, Tafre, Samachtes. He ergeist Elkstein. The second one is the Rebbe Rashab, and the third is the Bavram Sendit. He is the enigma. Avram Sendit died at the age of eight. And the Fidi Kebbe writes about him, Harava Tzadik, Hayelad, the Avram Sendit. You don't write by a child Tzadik, because you don't get the Neshama till Bar Mitzvah. But him it says, Hayelad Tzadik. He passed away at eight, with Mamish Moich and the Godless. Like, like, a, like, a, like a Tzadik, like an adult. The, the, in, in, the, in the Sefer, I told us that Marash the Tzadik, Tzadik was there. But it looks like Avram Sendit was younger. He was the third son. It's hard to know. If he was the third son, then he was obviously younger than the Rebbe Rashab. The Rebbe Rashab was five when the Tzemach Tzedek passed away, so Avram Sendek was even younger. But when he passed away, the Tzemach Tzedek said, this is the Neshama al Rebbe. The al Rebbe was supposed to live eight years before, and he also passed away young. Mitzah the Inyan for Napoleon. And this was the Tzemach Tzedek, the third son of Avram Sendek. And they have for him a Tzien in Lubavitch. They made for him an oil. And the fourth is the Rav Menachem Mendel, Zayin HaTof Yishchov Zayin. That's when he was born. And um, he passed away in 1947, I believe, after the war, in Corsica. The, the, the Fidikab used to correspond with him. He had a very, very hard life. He had to run away from Russia because of business dealings. He had a very hard life. He was married four times. His children were not from. And they, in France, after 25 years, they just bury people on top of one another. And they wanted to exhume him, his children wouldn't. So in 1956, our Rebetzin went over there to Corsica and posed as his daughter. She had the same name, Schneerson. Her maiden name was Schneerson. They literally snuck his body out of France in the middle of the night. They brought the Tzvat. There's a sefer called Liban Shotzatz, a book that somebody made about Label uh, Bistritsky's son, um, Levi Olavashalom. And in that book, he describes how there was a grave in the Chabad Chelke and Tzvaz that was unmarked. And it belonged to the Rebbe Marash's youngest son, Rabbi Menachem Mendel, whose body was moved 10 years after he had passed away, and the goof was whole. The body was whole. And it was unmarked for many years. And Levi was just kept asking the Rebbe if it's okay to put a marker. It looks like the Rebbe wanted to wait till his children passed away. Now there's already a marker. The Rebbe finally allowed they should put a marker. The Rebbe Rashtakint, he's buried in Tzvaz. This is Menachemel. Then there were two daughters. The Veda Leah, she may have been the oldest. She was married to Meisha Ayaleib Ginsburg, who was a great Sigvir in Vitebsk. And somebody told me that in the last years, a Russian politician, a guy with the name Ginsburg, turns up, and he's a, he's a, he's not Jewish, but he's an Enikov of the Manash. 
And then, of course, there was Moschaya Mushke, her husband, Meshachain Hardenstein. She was the Fidik Rebbe's Mokhataneste, like I told you. Her son was Menachem Mendel Akoyin, and they died in Treblinka. Okay, Umesayim Betev. 